0: Thank mm-hmm. you.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Went to Mo Kings Meadow, the podcast that talks exclusively about the Chelsea FC women's team. I'm your host, Dean, and on this week's show, in part one, we review Chelsea's 4-1 win over Bayern Munich in the second leg of the Champions League. Uh, In part two, we preview Wednesday's WSL clash with Tottenham Hotspur and Sunday's final league game of the season against Reading. And in part three, we've got your Discord questions. This is episode 22 of Went to Mo Kings Meadow, entitled Gothenburg. Sorry, we are coming. Um, now before we get started we need your help to spread the word about this podcast so if you enjoy what you hear tag us in a tweet share us on instagram or how about leaving a nice five-star review on apple podcast as it helps other supporters find the show we would really appreciate that support now joining me as ever on this wonderful occasion is my wonderful co-host jane jane how are you doing
2: i think i finally like calmed down from the match it was I stressful haven't. but i'm glad it's over
1: I'm still beating quite fast. Um, joining us back on the show—it's uh, been too long. I'm a good friend and the brains behind the Chelsea Fancast Instagram account—that's Dane Whittle. Dane, how are you doing, mate?
3: Yeah, very good. What a time to come on this show! Wow, what a day it was—amazing—and I'm uh, really looking forward to talking about the game. Let's do that then, shall we? Um,
1: yeah. Earlier today, Chelsea four, Bayern Munich one. Jaden, run us through the all-important information from the game.
2: So Chelsea lined up this one in a 4-3-2-1 formation with Berger in goal, Carter Bright, Ericsson and Charles in defence. Ingle, G and Leopold was the midfield three with Harder Kirby, with Harder and Kirby behind Kerr up front. Emma Hayes used two subs, bringing on Erin Cufford for Leopold in the 88th minute and then in stoppage time, Drew Spence came on for Harder. That left Mosevic, Telford, Blundell, England, Wrighton, Fleming, Anderson and Fox as the unused subs. That's why starting with Chelsea's numbers first, 15 shots, four on target versus 12 shots, one on target, six corners to 12, 10 blocks to five and nine fouls, one yellow card to eight fouls, three yellows. Those stats are from UEFA.
1: Yeah, because we're recording so quick after the game, the stats aren't really available. So they might not be true, um, but you know, that's what we're dealing with. Um, let's talk about that lineup then, um, Jane. At left back, Neem Charles, Neve Charles. Sorry, um, Rob said last week on our preview to the second leg that he would go with you know Charles at right back and Jess Carter over at left back, but Emma keeps us guessing, doesn't she?
2: Yeah, I think we don't know what to expect from Emma. I did see, I think near the beginning of the game they did swap sides. For a short moment of time, then they swapped back, and I was a bit like, maybe that's Emma's plan to just play them in like both roles because they can play in the two roles. But I'm glad, I'm glad with the lineup she went for.
1: Yeah, it was um, good to see obviously Magda Erickson back at the centre of defence, the one position we was all looking at as the team sheet dropped. Uh, Dame, what did you make of the opening ten minutes of this game? Because Chelsea, although they needed just one goal. They set up, I think, quite defensively with a back seven, but still seemed quite open to to
3: Bayern. Yeah, it was a little bit caged at first 10 minutes. I did notice that Chelsea nearly broke on them once or twice, and I thought it was going to show a similar pattern to the first half, uh, sorry, the first half of the first leg, uh, where, again, a lot of it was was Ben, and in the second half, uh, they sat back and went really deep. Uh, I, I was wondering if it was going to be that pattern but I think that first 10 minutes here was a little bit I was a little bit on the edge and I didn't I, I felt uh, Ben looked very positive and very confident Yeah, so sort of different
1: to the first leg where Chelsea sort of looked calm and collected in that opening 10 minutes so then uh, Bayern scored um, this time it was Chelsea that got the goal after 11 minutes uh, Frank Kirby and Sam Kerr combining yet again um, Jane, that was a special goal involving two very special players, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, definitely. I think with the, t- the link-up that Fran and Sam got, I knew they was going to get at least one goal in the game today. And I think with us scoring first, it gave us that bit more of a boost to think, right, come on, we've got one goal, like, we can keep going and get a few more.
1: Yeah. Dane, I suppose Chelsea fans have been a bit uh, blessed recently. You've got um, Timo Werner and Kai Havertz for the men's team and, and Fran Kirby and Sam Kerr for the, for the women's team it's that, yeah. like to watch aren't
3: they yeah i just wish timo would score a little bit more <laughs> uh it's funny because i remember on a show quite early on we was doing and we was comparing uh i think i might have compared timo to sam kirk because she was missing quite a few one-on-ones and her time has obviously come since her last show and she's been amazing whether timo hasn't but this is this is about the women's and I had a feeling that uh, in our first goal, uh, it was either going to be Fran, an assist, or a goal. And, wow, that was an amazing take. Sam Kerr, that was a great pass. It sort of, like, cut that defence in two. And uh, let's not undervalue that finish. That was an amazing finish. And I was so happy for her because, you know, consistently... Uh, some players this season have been a little bit off and on especially talking about Kerr her work rate's been really good but obviously her goal scoring touch was off but Fran has consistently been so brilliant all season and I was overwhelmed with excitement when she scored
1: Yeah, it was a a fantastic move that sort of cut Bayern open and they hadn't really had that in the opening 10 minutes Um, it did still seem though that Bayern could score and inevitably would Um, they looked dangerous and they got their equaliser in the 24th minute when Zadrazil hit an absolute screamer from the edge of the box. Jane, uh, I know Emma went to complain about this after the game, where they left the player open on the edge of the box. But, you know, sometimes you just need to hold your hands up and acknowledge, you know, a fantastic goal from, you know, your opposition and sort of out of the Sophie Ingall playbook, that goal, wasn't it?
2: I think it was a brilliant goal. Um, I do think Berger may have thought it was going out. That's why she sort of, held back maybe, I don't know. But even if Berger went for it, she wouldn't have been able to save for it, save it. And I said straight after she scored, I was like, that's literally one of, that is how Sophie scores.
1: Yeah, it seemed like um, Sophie had slipped on the Bayern shirt and put one in for them. Um, (laughs) Obviously that goal would have meant Bayern were going through, Chelsea leaving at the semi-final stage again. But obviously, there was still a long way to go in this game. Uh, Dane, it was so important that Chelsea remained calm and focused and they sort of did that, didn't they? didn't let the goal get to them. They carried on. Yeah.
3: Yeah, uh, Ben got themselves in quite a lot of dangerous positions without actually, uh, you know, producing any big chances. And when... When Jane said at the beginning, they had 12 shots. That surprised me, but it didn't surprise me they only had one on target, because apart from the last 10 minutes, which, we, which we'll probably get into later, I can't remember them putting much pressure on in the penalty area. A lot of uh, play in the final third outside the area. You know, they've got good midfielders, Zadrasil, you know, good Austria midfielder, and, and the captain, Magool, uh even one of them, I wouldn't mind at Chelsea uh, in the future, but yeah, they were playing well, but their strikers were not being found. And uh, Chelsea Chelsea did really well to to not let that bother them. You know, they've got a great manager behind them. You know, Emma would have... You could hear her screaming from the sidelines, you know what I mean? Calm, keep playing. Uh, there's so much time left in the game. And and they, they did exactly that.
1: Yeah, I suppose it helped as well, the influence of, of Mag Derrickson on the pitch, you know, to keep those players calm and, and relay Emma's message to them. Um. On the stroke of half time, Chelsea obviously go ahead. A free kick on the edge of the box, G effort hit the wall. Then her volley from the rebound snuck into the bottom corner and gave Chelsea a two-one lead going into half time. Uh, Jade, I know this is quite hypothetical to say, but you know, without that goal at half time that puts Chelsea sort of back level overall, I probably don't think we are going on and win this game. So that was a huge moment, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, I think it definitely was a huge moment to get that goal. It's always, no matter what game you play, it's always good to get a goal just before half-time. And I do agree with you. I think if we wasn't to get that second goal so late in the first half, I think the second half would have been a completely different game.
1: Yeah, Dane, I suppose, obviously 2-1, it meant extra time. Uh, Bayern needing probably their one goal would have been enough for them. So it would it was highly surprising that they gave it a, a good go at the start of the second half. But, you know, we really stood up to their challenge well, didn't we? And sort of, as you said, one shot on target really limited their good chances and then came out on top of that second half, didn't we?
3: Yeah, well, again, going back to that first leg, you know, you kept on hearing the, the co-commentators or, or, you know, the people in the studio saying how well Ben did tactically in that first uh, first game. But in the second half, Chelsea... Produced quite a lot of chances, so if they would have taken them, you know, it would have made the, you know their theory on 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 Ben doing so well tactically look stupid. I didn't. I just thought they sat deep in the in the second half of the first leg, and 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 Chelsea, although couldn't get in behind them, still made a lot of chances. Uh, so I was quite surprised that Ben come out again looking quite positive, quite fresh for a good ten minutes. Uh, and I, I, if they would have, you know, I know their forward Scherler is, I think, it's Scherler, isn't it? Shula uh, has been, you know, is their top goal scorer. You know, she wasn't getting a look in. She was getting a sniff. She, she got taken off after an hour. They just didn't seem to have any final ball. or It's hard to say if they had to cut an edge up front because they just wasn't getting any balls to their forwards.
1: Yeah, and I suppose that was sort of the influence, Jane, of, of Sophie Ingle back in that midfield. We definitely missed her there in the first leg, didn't we?
0: Yeah,
2: I think we did. I think although she can play in that defence... I do prefer playing in that midfield role, so I was glad. I was glad that she was able to do that this game.
3: Yeah. I thought, though, Dean. I thought. I thought their ten minutes was a slight tactical uh, change I noticed by Emma, where Loopholes was just drifting out to the left more in the second half to uh, track all of the running because. Although Neve Charles is, was playing brilliantly. She is predominantly a, uh, a midfielder, a winger forward. So I, I noticed Lee Poles was just drifting out and covering that left side more to protect in the, in, the, uh, in the second half. So I wonder if that first 10 minutes was why Ben was getting so much of the ball in midfield.
1: Yeah, a, a good point. Obviously, G was on that left side in the first leg and that's where they got most of their joy on that left-hand mm. side. So obviously a switch from Emma, as you said, sort of soak up the pressure and then, you know, start to build ourselves back in the game. Yeah, but it did come down our right uh, our left their
3: right a lot today.
1: Yeah. Um 84th minute then. Chelsea got a free kick. Jess Carter puts the ball in the box and Pinilla Harder beats her marker heads home a seismic moment, Jane. What was the reaction at when you was watching that?
2: It was brilliant. I did think at first I was like, oh, as Jess scored, like, I did Jess get it in, but it wasn't until I saw the replay you did see it come off. Peniel's head but I think once we scored that one we knew we knew it. we knew it was ours
1: yeah Dana fantastic ball wasn't it for, from Jess obviously she's had a doubter since she's come into the side but you know, she hasn't let the team down whatsoever and you know the players really sort of went to her when that header went in to sort of you know, congratulate her on the on the delivery
3: yeah, and thoroughly deserved. You know, she she's still so young, twenty three. But you forget she, you know, <laughs> so sort of highly rated at the age of sixteen. Uh, you know, made her debut. I think she made a debut in the champions. It was in the Champions League uh, at sixteen. You know, she come with quite a big reputation to Chelsea. And you know, <sighs> with Emma's teams, you know, you earn that right to get in. And maybe she hasn't previously, or, or for whatever reason, and she's found herself. You know, the position. With Milda getting injured, uh, right back has come available, and she's been absolutely brilliant. You know, like like I said with with Neve as well. These are, these are midfielders playing uh, right and left back, and you know you're playing up against a top Europe team in Bayern Munich, and they've been brilliant. And and Carter has been brilliant ever since she's filled in for Milda. Yeah,
1: and obviously the question that we've been asking about Jess Carter is you know, does she offer anything going forward for the team, and that shows that she can offer something going forward. Because the delivery was absolutely perfect, and you know the right speed on it, the right location for for Penina to um to head home. Um, that goal meant six minutes plus stoppage time left um, to sit for and sort of watch from behind the sofa. Um, Dane, how did you cope through that sort of ten minutes left of the game? Did was you allowed to watch? Were you looking through your fingers?
3: Uh, well, uh, obviously, as you, as we alluded, I don't know if I alluded to uh, if it was, it was off camera or on, but obviously I've moved house and how my settee is is positioned in our new front room. I can now go behind it, go down to my knees, and sort of like lean on top, like like the other night when I was watching the men's, uh, the, when the men's play, and I was sort of doing that again. And yeah, it was a, a bit of an uncomfortable last ten minutes. Although, it was a great finish by Pinnell, you knew all they needed was one goal and. Again, the last ten minutes was the was the most threatening. They've looked they looked for the whole game because uh, they was actually getting balls into the box, bouncing around dropping. Oh, some amazing defending, amazing blocks. On another day, one of them could have trickled in off someone's you know knee or elbow or, or bum or whatever. But you know, thank the thank the stars that it wasn't on this day. Yeah, proper football. I think
1: you know, goalkeeper's up for corners, clearance off the line, um, and then Chelsea break away. Um, Drew Spence gets. Punch in the face, I think, um, in the middle of it all. Uh, and Frank Kirby gets the ball. Um, obviously, open goal puts it in to 4-1. Uh, Jane, sort of sheer relief. Under a joy from the players, coaching staff, a few tears. I'm guessing the reaction was similar for you when that goal went in and you know we could finally say that we had got through to the final.
2: Yeah, it was like a sigh of relief. When Frank got the ball and she was running, I was like, finally it is over and it was just it was just a crazy it was a crazy 10 minutes like you said like Jerry Spence got hit in the face and everything but it was just I definitely had a tear in my eye at the end of it.
1: Yeah I don't think you was the only one um, to experience that. Um, Dan it was some performance wasn't it from Chelsea uh, the back four excellent uh, Charles continues to um, Carter sorry continues to silence her critics. Charles did have some tough moments, but on the whole, you yeah, did did really well. You know, Mini Bright looked back to herself. Would you say that's down to the return of Magda Eriksson? Sort of that leadership in the back?
3: Well, first thing I'd like to say of a uh, I I thought it was really amateurish camera work by BT Sports, which, which it didn't spoil my you know, my amazement at, at the result, but as soon as the final whistle went, I wanted to see the, you know, the girls, you know, I wanted to see MR. They, they replayed Kirby's goal about three times, which I thought was so amateurish they could have kept that away. Uh, zoomed zoomed out a bit and just showed the players excitement because you, you want to see that that instant, you know, emotional reaction. And and freaking BT sport, sport that little bit for me slightly. So that's a little bit of a, a, a whinge, but, you know, Emma said afterwards, Emma Hayes, oh, wonderful. She's so inspiring. You know, I could talk about her all day. She said afterwards, you know, obviously you need luck, and we we did have a bit of luck. But we also, she said, you know, you earn your luck in football, and if you believe, uh, you know, determination and amazing. You know, they deserve everything that they they get that they've got so far. Tactically, I thought she's right. You know, we don't seem to be scared of anyone. Uh, Again, she mentioned like, you know, sometimes our league is uh, frowned upon by other people in Europe and this will shut them up because one of our teams has got to the final. So hopefully we can win it. Yeah, I, I you know, and she wasn't even even after she wasn't going to take anything that she'd done for granted. You know, she was saying how hard work it is, hard work pays off, you know, and it's, yes, yeah, it's, it was an amazing performance, totally deserved and not surprising either.
1: You yeah, know, I love the raw emotion of Emma on the camera. You yeah, know, there's no filter to her. She's not playing yeah. up to the cameras. She Doesn't no. care. Like, she's just living the moment, um, as we are as supporters as well.
3: Yeah, um, oh, the funniest bit was when she she effed, didn't she? Yeah, they, 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 uh, we apologise for the strange. We went, oh shit! <laughs> Brilliant.
1: Yeah, that really is um, Emma. You know, summed up in, in one little clip. Um, Jane, we spoke about um Ingle in the midfield as well, but the, the plus side of that it also gives you know the likes of G to sort of do do their thing sort of more further forward and that showed I think as well today, didn't it?
2: I think G had a brilliant game. I don't know if I've said on the podcast before like some weeks G will play brilliantly and then other weeks it wouldn't be her best performance. But I was really impressed in the way in the way she played today. Like she really she's involved quite
1: yeah, we said in sort of the preview that, you know, Bayern had the opportunity to sit back and get in G and Panilla Harder on the ball would be very important to us. Uh, Dane, turning your attention to our front three then, you know, Frank Kirby, Sam Kerr and, and Panilla Harder. Um, you know, what can you say that's not already been said? Um, Kirby and Kerr, fantastic, obviously. Um, but I suppose it's the quality and of those three and Harder in particular important over the two legs, but what they allow us to do offensively, you know, is, is simply incredible, isn't
3: it? Well, yeah, it's, uh, as, as I'm, uh, so I mentioned, Shuler, Shuler earlier there, uh, Ben's top goal scorer, but we've got three of that. And, uh, you know, it's an old cliche when someone says, if you've got a great player in, in the forward areas, you've always got, you know, half a chance. And we got more than half a chance because we have got three of them. You know, they're amazing. I know, you know, with, with Sam, you know, she could have put... a. Uh, made us sit a little bit more easy i would have scored that one on one earlier uh i think it's about 5 minutes to go wasn't it uh when she went through but she's been amazing recently we can't and that, as we said that ball to fran for the first goal and panell was busy as well you know you know darting in finding lots of those again cliche pockets and spaces in and around the box and you know a brilliant header from uh, fran scored two you know they're amazing Ugh. even in the first like all three of them were a bit quiet, but they still managed to find, you know, if you've got them on the field, then the defence are going to be worried and it's going to give them more to think about than any other team. I can't think of any other team who has you can you can point out one f- great forward but you got free. Please <sighs> someone send in an email, but I don't think they can be matched. Yeah, Jane, I suppose they always give you hope that
1: you will score. Um, and on, on most occasions they do. it's just you know, fantastic to have those three players at the club at the same time, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I think if it's not just one of them scoring, all three are scoring. You've always got, you're always. I'm going to say you've all, you're always guaranteed a goal from either one of them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose sort of to sum our performance up, we haven't mentioned Anne Catherine Berger, you know, one bit because. What did she really have to do? And You know, what she did do, she did you know, to the level we expect and shows why she's you know, the best goalkeeper in football at the moment. Um, Jane, I'm guessing no player of the match poll because of the social media boycott. So I'm going to let you have the honour of choosing a player of the match for this game.
2: I'm going to choose the whole squad, Emma, the whole of the background, team. Literally the whole of the Chelsea women team, everyone. They've all got it.
1: Dane, can you um, have any complaints about that decision or
3: No, you can't. I thought I thought you was gonna pick someone who I've had in mind, but uh, no, no, you can't. Yeah, listen, that you can't you can't fault anyone out there. Uh, Jay made a good point earlier just by Magdalena being back in then that allows Sophie to go back into her normal position. Uh, I remember I remember talking to uh, a Liverpool supporter uh, about the men's team and he was saying, you know, all the injuries they've had in defence and there's that domino effect because then you found the midfielders ended up playing in defence and that was, you know, with Magdalena being out, Sophie comes out of midfield, Sophie has to play in defence, so you've then got that little bit of a gap in midfield and, and Sophie was brilliant to that. Because Magdalena was back in her position, and just little things like that that all just all just fit in, and it was a yeah, amazing team effort. And hopefully, on the sixteenth of May, it will all come together again.
1: Yeah, a, a total team performance where you can make a case for probably every player on the pitch to be player of the match. And I suppose that's why your decision, Jane, you know, is very vindicated in giving it to everybody. Um, before we sign off on this part. Jane, the reaction at full time—you know, Emma in tears, the players as well—they you know, showed how big this win was and this moment was. In your opinion, is this the biggest win in Chelsea Women's history?
2: Yeah, I think ever since Emma joined, this is what this is what she's been building up for. She's wanted it. When we was in the Champions League two seasons ago, we wanted the final then, but obviously Leon managed to knock us out. So I think this was the biggest game that we have faced.
1: Yeah, Dane, you know, the, the win over Wolfsburg, uh, Let's Go Madrid now by and Emma said it's taken thousands of hours to get to this point. You know, she's the first woman landed to reach the final in 12 years. We are truly blessed to be witnessing this team at this moment, aren't we? Yes.
3: And she hasn't rested on her laurels. You know, we, we, you know, we've we've won trophies, we've won leagues, we've won cups and then she's improved even better. You look at the plans she's even brought in this season. You know, it's all to get to moments like this. Uh, the team has progressed and improved every season and uh, it was coming. And as I said, we doing a couple of shows with you guys earlier on in the season, you know, we was all sort of alluding to, is this going to be the year? And we, you know, a lot of us were confident that we'd get to the final. So, you know, hopefully yeah, it'll be such a good day. It's a shame. I, I, don't, I don't know if they've decided if any supporters can go or, or not, but, you know, what an amazing day the the 16th is going to be for, you know, for everyone involved and for the supporters who've been watching for so long. Yeah.
1: yeah, you know, I never sort of expected to feel the way I do about this team without wanting to sing Oasis to you. Um, when we started this podcast Jane, back in november um sort of for me to start watching this team a bit more and you know totally you know under their spell so to speak you know and they deserve every go you know, every success that they have you know they're a fantastic team led by a fantastic manager followed by us fantastic people as well and you know everybody that's involved from supporters to coaching staff to players you know we all share this moment together and it, you know it's truly something special and Jane said there was tears in her eyes. There were tears in my eyes as well, watching sort of them on the pitch afterwards. What little we saw of them anyway, thanks to BT. Um, And as Dane said, the 16th of May, Chelsea will take on FC Barcelona in a Champions League final for the first time in our history. And hopefully that could be a men's and women's double um, Champions League wins. But, you know, I'll take one for sure. (laughs) Anyway, that... (laughs) Is is all we can speak about this game. I think we've recorded too quickly after this because my head is everywhere. <laughs> um, we're going to go to a break now, and then we're going to come back and talk about more football because you know it never stops. It just goes round and round. So join us after this break for part two.
3: Jetzt bei KFC. 34 Tage, 34 Angebote. Sicher dir jetzt legendäre Rabatte zu EM. Nur in der App und auf
0: KFC.de. KFC legendär lecker. Real fans, real opinions. For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play.
1: Welcome back to part two of Went to Mo Kings Meadow. Time now to look ahead to more football. The final two WSL fixtures um, starting with Tottenham Hotspur on Wednesday night. Jane, give us the form guide ahead of this game.
2: Tottenham currently sit 8th in the WSL. They've played 20, won 4, drawn 5 and lost 11, picking up 17 points. In their last five fixtures, they've won none, drawn 2 and lost 3. Those results with most recent first are a 4-1 defeat to Manchester United, 3-0 defeats to Manchester City and Arsenal, a 1-1 draw with Bristol and a 0-0 draw with Reading.
1: Thank you very much. Tottenham then look to be safe from relegation. They've got nothing to play for apart from their own pride. Um, Jane, they still need to be respected though, going into this game, don't they? We can't
2: we can't look at it and be like, oh, it's Tottenham, that like, it's an easy game. We know what happened when we played against Brighton. or we know it could happen again. We've literally just got to go. We've got we can't we've got to put our strongest team out, and we've got to play like we're playing against
1: like a big team like City. Yeah. Jane mentioned there the defeat to Brighton and and after that game, Emma sort of stopped rotating, really. She's picked her full-strength team first and then sort of gone on to, you know, make the changes when the game is won. Um, Given that we've just played Manchester City and Bayern twice, do you think there's a chance she's actually going to rest some players for this game? Given that Tottenham are safe, they haven't won in five... This is
3: the no. question she's got to answer. No business end of the season, uh, Wednesday or oh, Sunday, Wednesday game. Yeah, I can't see it. I, you know, they'll be going through an adrenaline, you know, they'll be on a cloud nine, and sometimes that gets you through games, especially this end, you know, this end of the season. As Jane said, you've both said Tottenham have not got a lot to play for. Uh, she may tweak one or two you know one of the forwards may come out because obviously beth is beth, beth england is more than capable as we all saw last season and then she could be smart you know like give one 45 one forward 45 and the other 45 meaning that we have a two stand for 90 uh i don't think she will i think she'll tweak two but she has to keep that that momentum that adrenaline going. if it was like eight more eight nine games left maybe but not two no well it'd be interesting when i Tell you
1: my team that I'd pick, and then, um, <laughs> this is a lot of changes, but it's very strong. Um, Jane, recently Spurs have played in the last five games, they played the other three big teams in Arsenal City and United. Um, they've lost 3 0 to Arsenal and City, as you said, and 4 1 to United. They've only scored 17 goals all season, which is less than one a game. Is there any part of you that thinks Chelsea won't win this game?
2: No, I've got full confidence that we're gonna go out and win it. I'm hoping we can score as many goals as we can because City, with City's four 0 win today, they've got one. We're on fifty two goals and they're on fifty one. So if it does go down to goal difference at the end of the season, we need as many goals as we can get.
1: I don't think it can though, can it? I think we need to win and draw. So any defeat is it won't end level on points. I don't think at all. Right. Um, okay. Dane Spurs is obviously big USA connection. Alex Morgan no longer at the club. Uh, loan spells done and dusted. Good. There's still some good players at Tottenham, but you know, when you look through their squad, nobody really stands out to me as somebody that you know we need to pay extra special attention to. Really.
3: Yeah. No, I'm good at ignoring uh, American players playing for Tottenham. I was really good with ignoring Clint Dempsey playing there for two or three years, so I ignored. Uh, Alex Morgan, a strange move, you know, at a time of a worldwide pandemic. And she just had her baby fairly recently, Charlie. And, uh, and she had an injury as well. But obviously, coming back from from having a baby, wouldn't have been easy. And to come over here and play, I think, five or six games. I think it could have been extended, but it just didn't work out. I think she only scored penalties. And I, I remember she missed... She also missed a penalty when they lost to Arch Rivals Arsenal in one of those funny League Cup group stages early on. Uh, they've got a couple of players. Gemma Davison, one of our old players, I think she played; she's played more games for us than any other. She's won the league three or four times. You know, good pro, veteran midfielder. Uh, like, obviously, the, the, uh, the women's team I follow in America, Orlando Pride, uh, I know they sold... Uh, they sold a defender, a Canadian defender to Tottenham. So I know a little bit about her. She Lena Zardokoski. I think she's played six six times or five times for Canada. Another fairly good defender. And whenever we've played Tottenham, I've always been quite impressive at Ashley Neville, who plays right back before the she's she's look a good pro, you know, a good solid solid player. But yeah, nothing I think attacking wise, um, you know, it should be hopefully, you know, it should be a comfortable game for us. But yeah, it'd be nice to see Gemma Davison back who was 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 a good good player for us good squad player.
1: Yeah, I suppose that lack of attacking threat shows with their 17 goals scored all season. Um Jane Tottenham like to play 4-3-3. Chelsea recently have been playing a 4-4-2 diamond. Do you think there's a case to match up with Tottenham as 4-3-3 and then just use your better players, you know, to beat them, you know, one-for-one? One?
2: Emma could go 4-3-3, but I feel like what would what if we say she'll play four three three, then she'll go the total opposite and play like four four two. so it is just Emma just changes her mind all the time so you can't you can't positively say you know what she's going to do
1: I think that's the conversation she's been having with Thomas Tuchel of the men's team about how to pick a team that nobody is expecting ever um Dame Bethany England's had her setbacks recently, but she's come back. She looked very hungry and sharp in her substitute appearances she's made. Would you let her loose here against Tottenham?
3: Go. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh I, again she's she's had a poor stop start season. I think in the first sort of part of our lockdown, she had I'm sure she had her appendix out. Uh, good times having an operation when there's no football being played. And she seems to have taken a while to come back from that. And and when you've got the three, as we, we discussed earlier, how can you dislodge one of them? And it, it's been harsh on Beth, Bethany England, but as Emma said so many times, she keeps them all happy. I don't know how she does it, but she does. And you can tell Bethany's a, a football girl and she knows that, you know, that it's hard to get in at the moment with them three, but she should be unleashed. She's a great, pro, we've seen what we, she done last year and she was top goal scorer and uh, yeah, definitely, definitely
1: Yeah, Jane, another player I'd like to see unleashed against Tottenham is Jessie Fleming um, to showcase what she can do. Is there a concern though that you make too many changes, too many squad players, um, they're not used to playing with each other, it perhaps makes the game more difficult than it should be?
2: Um, I would like to see Jessie Fleming play as well she's got so much potential in the game she has played she has been so close to scoring, but it's just not—it's not come yet. And I think, playing starting her against Tottenham would be like the perfect game for her to be able to get them goals in. But then I don't want Emma to make loads of rotations, and then we just—it just doesn't go our way.
1: Uh, yeah, I get what you're saying, but listen to this team. Then just oh, okay. bear in mind the, <laughs> the, the quality <laughs> of the players. Okay, so. Obviously, we've got no idea what Emma's going to do, so she obviously listens and then changes it to make me look stupid. But <laughs> I would go 433 I'd put Muzovic in goal. I'd put Hannah Blundell right back. I'd put Sophie Ingle and Magda Eriksson at centre-back, and then Jonathan Anderson back at left-back. I'd put Spence at the base of midfield with Jesse Furman and Aaron Cuff in the double-eight role. Then I'd have Kirby, Guru Wrighton, and Bethany
3: England as my attacking three.
1: Don't shake your head so at me. Who was the other?
3: Who was the other? Who was the other front three? Bethany England, Wrighton, and who else? And Kirby. So keep Good. Kirby in. So you've made how many changes? Seven, eight. Yeah. one, uh, two. So there's three, only two four.
1: players that were well, three players that played today. Wow, eight changes. <laughs> and look at the players, though. You know, Guru Wrighton could play any team for any team in WSL. So could Aaron Cuthbert. So could Jesse Fleming. So could Bethany England. There's quality there.
2: There's quality, but it's not the team. There's too many changes.
1: Who's going to who's going to stay in the team then?
2: So I'd have Mr. Vick in goal, and then I'd have I think I'd have it as Charles Bright, Ericsson and Anderson, or have Jess instead of Neve, and then oh, it's midfield. Oh, I really don't know now. I'd put, I think, G, Fleming and Cuthbert. And then in attack, I'd put Kirby, Kerr and England. So I'd take Peniel out.
1: Yeah, that's, um, I think Peniela will be the one that drops out. Um, I think she's got to start Beth. Dane, I think you've written your team down now.
3: I started to. I would take, I would change both the fullbacks uh, because, you know, it was a tough one, tough one on Neve today. And and I thought, I'm surprised she didn't get taken off a little bit earlier. Obviously, Emma knows more than me because it worked in the end. But I thought after about 70, she, she, she was struggling a little bit defensively. Uh, obviously, we can bring Joan, and yeah, Anderson back in at left back, natural left back. I'd have Hannah Blundell at right back. I'd uh, yeah like to see Jessie in there, like you, Dean. Uh, you know she's well liked in North America, uh, not much by the US because you know, I've seen her a couple of times playing for Canada against the US, and she likes to put you know she puts her foot in and very tough tackling little little player, uh, but she's well respected. Uh, and up front, I would rest Sam and play uh, Pennell Kirby and. Uh, Beth, and then potentially hoping that we are two or three no up, then take uh, maybe Pennell off and uh, maybe bring on Wright and, and look to take because you can make five subs, can't you, in the, the league in the women's yeah. game? Yeah, so hopefully, yeah, unleash them, just you know, go for the kill and hopefully get it done early.
1: Yeah, I suppose what a problem for, for Emma to have to stick with, you know, the team that, that beat just beat Bayern Munich or bring in, you know, players that would play for pretty much every team in the league in, you know, mm. Reiton, Cuthbert, England, etc. Um, let us know your teams, you know, tweet them at us, put them in Discord or comment on our YouTube channel whenever you watch this. Um, predictions then. Dane, I'll let you have first go on the prediction. 4-0. 4-0. Sounds nice, Jane.
2: I was going to say 4-0, but I'll change it and go with
1: 5-0. <laughs> 5-0. I mean, that. I suppose I've got to go for 6-0 then, really. there <laughs> no choice. Um, yeah, hopefully um, we get through the next match relatively easy. Um, that would mean we head into the final league game of the season, needing just a point to secure the title. Our opponents will be Reading Football Club. The venue will be Kings Meadow. Jane, take us through the formal guide for Reading ahead of this game.
2: So, Reading currently sits sit in the WSL. They've played 21, won five, drawn nine and lost seven, picking up 24 points. In their last five fixtures, they've won one, drawn two and lost two. Those results with most recent first, are a 3-2 win versus Brighton, a 1-1 one, one draw with Birmingham, a 5-0 defeat to West Ham. A one nil loss to Manchester City and a nil-nil draw with Spurs.
1: Yeah, again, Reading, a mid-table team, nothing really to play for. But Jane, the big worry for me here is the fact that it's Farrah Williams' last match uh, and beating Chelsea Kings Medal would be the perfect way for her to sign off her career, wouldn't it?
2: I think it is going to be tough. Reading have been playing some games they've played well and then some play games they haven't played so well. And with it being Farah Williams' last ever game, she's going to want to come out and she's going to want to get that win to remember her retirement. So I feel like Reading are going to come out and go for us.
1: Yeah, Dane, I suppose it'd be nice of us to spend a little time sort of showing some appreciation to Williams, you know, who leaves the game as the all-time record appearance holder for England. That's for both the men's and the women's team, she's got the most. She started her career at Chelsea. She went on to represent uh, Everton, Liverpool, Arsenal, and now Reading. Um, She's been part of various England squads at major tournaments, including the 2015 side that finished third. Uh, But more importantly than that, she's been sort of a pioneer for women's football and somebody I think the FA should be asking to get involved with behind the scenes now. You know, she's had a, a fantastic career, hasn't she?
3: Yeah, and she's a Chelsea supporter. As you said, started her career at Chelsea. And, and, you know, sometimes, you know, players do the rounds and it was quite upsetting. Uh, she never actually came back. I don't know if it was ever an opportunity, but she's had a great career. You know, a, a set piece specialist, you know, good on free kicks and corners. Wonderful. As, as you said, you know, record caps 172, I think it is. And, you know, you, to win an international cap, you've got to be a, a great player. To represent your country 172 times is, is is amazing. You know, I know she has done the rounds. I think she she she's played in, I'm sure she played in, no, no, she's not playing in America. She got drafted years ago, uh, I think through Philadelphia independence, but she turned it down to stay with whoever she was with at the time Everton or Liverpool. So she showed some real good loyalty there. Uh, yeah, yeah, she, 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 I think, born quite close as well, I'm sure she's a Richmond girl, uh, but yeah, she's a she's great for, a great ambassador, uh, so many women are in the game, but you know, they're such good role models, and she is certainly one of them, and she deserves all the accolades she gets, obviously we wish her lots of luck in whatever she decides to do, she'll Began media because she, she she you know she's a good personality and she talks so well but be a hard hard game for her because as I said being a Chelsea supporter she's uh, she's going to want to go out on a high but mixed emotions surely
1: yeah obviously it'd be sad to lose your last ever football match but obviously watching your team you support win the league in front of you on the pitch <laughs> could cheer you up um, you know for, from us to, to Farrah Williams you know congratulations on your career. Um, let's look back at Reading then. Recently, they gave Manchester City a really good run for their money. You know, it took City until the very late stages to win 1-0. Uh, and then they went and lost 5-0 to West Ham. Um, it's going to be difficult to know which sort of Reading team are going to turn up to face us, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I think they played so well. I watched the game when they played against City. And for them to lose that so late on in that game, I did feel sorry for them. And then for them to come out and lose 5-0 to West Ham, that came as a bit of a shock because obviously West Ham are a lot lower in the table as them. So they could come out and play like they did against West Ham, or they could come out and play against us like they did against City. You just don't know. You don't know until we start.
1: Fingers crossed it's like West Ham, because West Ham are terrible <laughs> and they put five past them. So God knows what we would do. Um Dane, ready like to play many different ways, four four two, four five one, five four one. Are you expecting sort of them to come defense first and
3: uh, look to counter attack yeah the formation, formations you said is 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 very defensive uh yeah so I, you know it, it's so hard to play against chelsea and and uh, a lot of teams do sit back they they won't fancy trying to attack us because you know whoever we put up front you know we can we can counter attack them with, with that pace and the movement the into into switching Interchanging, uh, so they will come very defensive. Uh, Reading, and it's, it's it's our job to break them down and, and score the goals. Yeah, Jane,
1: we've already mentioned obviously Farrah Williams. Uh, Reading have lost Jess Fishlock now alone as finished, but still a lot of good players in their squad. Sort of who stands out for you from Reading as you know, ones to watch?
2: Um, I really like their goalkeeper, Grace Maloney. We when we've played against her before, she's all she's always making really good saves. Um, one of our players went Flores Silva. I think that's how you pronounce it. She went to Reading, so it'd be interesting to see if she starts and see how she's getting on. Um, but I think that's it, really. I'm not. I don't really follow Reading that much. I wouldn't be able to tell you a load of players from them.
3: They've got yeah. uh, we've got another one of our old players, don't we? Diana Cooper. Uh, oh yeah. I forgot about her. She, she was, yeah, she was uh, unlucky with injuries of us. I think quite early on she got an ACL and she was, again, you know, maybe in the same position as Carter, you know, uh, couldn't get in early on and and I think they rewarded her with a two-year contract because of the injury and because she did come with quite, quite a good reputation. But, yeah, I suppose if you if you can't get in, how long do you wait? Uh, and, and obviously she I think she signed for, for Reading yeah, at the beginning of this season. But she you know, she she looked she looked like a solid defender. It just didn't work out for her at Chelsea in the end, unlucky with injuries, I think.
1: Yeah, let's um do what we came here for then and look at Chelsea. Um Dane, we played a lot four four two recently. However, I think our best formation is four two three one. Um we played in that formation when we beat Arsenal three 0 And that was the best I've seen us play, really. Um what's your thoughts on how we should approach this game?
3: uh i like the uh yeah no yeah that that way because you've got you got to you know stick to your strengths and uh I'd, I'd go with a four two three one uh again i suppose you love sophie who, who you have next to sophie if in the two who would you have leopold's Sophie's to... on the bench in my team that's going to come up oh, later. Oh, okay. So, so you've done your team. So you're, you're going for four, two, three, one. Yeah. Well, you know, whether it's four, one, two, three, or four, three, three, or four, two, three, one, as we've said earlier, when you've got the three girls up front, uh, obviously, there can't be anything other than girls, but the three ones we were talking about, amazing. You've got more than a chance. Uh, and plus, you add Beth to that. Who, who might play these next two games and she can obviously take a, a choice of the rest of the other forwards. Uh, yeah, we've got more than a chance to score lots of goals. Yeah,
1: Jane, I think we're expecting Reading to, to be defensive. If that's the case, would you go... Would you make the Fantastic Three the Fantastic Four and play all four of the attacking players?
2: <laughs> um, No, I think I'd still only play the three. I don't know which three yet. I've not... I've not thought of the three. I don't want to leave anyone out, but then I wouldn't, I don't think playing all four of them would be the best option.
1: Interesting. We'll see my team in a second, but, um, you know, there's not many positions up for grabs in this team. You know, I think they're pretty nailed on at this point, but the right back is one of them. You know, first it was Neve Charles, now it's Jess Carter. Who's your pick in that position? Who do you prefer to play right back for Chelsea?
3: I think uh, although Neve was amazing today and every time I've seen her play she, she's played well I think Jess, Jess uh, has earned the right to play that right back role for for the rest of the season uh, give or take if she's rested because you know you could see sometimes she's quite heavy how she runs and you don't know if she's picked up like body injuries you know a bit fatigue so saying I would I would rest her against Tottenham but but look to to get her back and, and play her against uh, a Reddin. Yeah, that is something I agree with absolutely
1: because this is my team then. Uh, a 4-2-3-1 for me, Berger back in goal. The back four of Carter, Bright, Ericsson and Anderson. Leopold's and G as a midfield pivot with Kirby Harder and Cuthbert supporting Sam Kerr up front. Jane, I'll let you um, make any changes you might want to make to that first.
2: I think I'd go four four two. Um I'd keep Berger and go on the same back four. And then put Leopold's G, Cuthbert and sof, And then Kirby and Kerr up front.
1: You'd have to drop a little harder for that though. Unless you're yeah. gonna play with twelve players. That's not allowed. We'll get thrown yeah, out. Yeah, no, and that.
2: then <laughs> We won't be doing that. <laughs> yeah, I think put have Harder on the bench and then for her to come on later. That's a big call
1: for the last game of the season where you need to um win the league. Um, it's a big call. Very big call. I think we'll get some comments about that one. Dana are you leaving the Harder out of the last game of the season or is she in your team?
3: No, I'm intrigued by when you said earlier a four, two, three, one and maybe unleash all of them. So by doing that, you would have to have, what, Kirby on the right. Kerr can play from the left. Penilla Harder behind Beth. Yeah, uh, I think or, that's the most natural way to um, play all or four. Harder and Kerr, like, maybe intertwine, like, interchange with, obviously, Ingle and Leopold as we sitting two. Uh, Carter on the right, Anson on the left. Uh, still have, I still have a catch. A green goal. And uh, right i i worry about bright she does play a lot of games and
1: uh well that's why i rested her
3: for Tottenham because she's played the yeah, two okay. games without magda
1: so um some forward thinking there from me mm, in the spurs well,
3: team you might be able to rest magdalene for that last one then if you're going to play against spurs is it next is, is it next weekend this this one yeah so we play wednesday <laughs> and again, sunday uh, yeah again yeah uh two games in like four days yeah so maybe give you can see obviously uh Magdalena may be getting a rest then on one of definitely on one of those two games. Uh, so hopefully she'll she'll play against Tottenham and maybe give Bright the rest and you can play. Yeah, yeah, I've sort of lost it now, but as long as I've got that four, four up front, I'm sort of... the four up front and
1: the other seven, whoever, because it don't matter <laughs> the four are going <laughs> to score the goals. Yeah, let's get predictions from this one then. Um, Jane, I'll let you go first this time so that Dane doesn't steal your prediction. Yeah,
2: I'm gonna, I'm gonna go three-one to us.
1: Three-one conceding a goal, blasphemy. I
2: feel like I feel like Reading are gonna. I feel like it's gonna be tough, and Reading are gonna try and get one.
1: What I'd like actually is we're 3 0 up, and then maybe Farouk Williams scores a last-minute goal. That yeah, really that about. would be nice. Yeah, we both. But win
2: let her get a goal.
3: <laughs> yeah, win the game first, though, please, Dane. Um, What's your prediction for this one? Oh, I was going to say three one, but Jane stole my thunder. Uh, no, nah, not really. I, I had, uh, I had a when you first said I had three nil or four one in my head, uh, but then remembering us talking about how defensive reading are, unless you know, as we've alluded to, Ferreira is, is very good set pieces. She gets a free kick and uh, a goal. Yeah, I'd say I'm going to go three nil. Three nil. That was mine.
1: Just saying. Um, So, (laughs) what does that leave me with? Not a lot, really. I'll I'll go with four, because that's (laughs) 4-0. Or 6-0 again. Yeah, 6-0, whatever. As long as we win. I don't really care at this point of the season. Um, Yeah, very hopefully we um, win or draw either one. And we um, win the league again, beating Manchester City to the title um let us know your team your predictions as always we'd like to hear what you've got to say about the team as well um right before we go to a break we've got some some of our notices as usual um and first up i want to talk a little bit about patreon um now what you don't know what Patreon is a website where you can contribute money to help support your favorite creators and as a thank you to them and to help them continue just by donating a, a small bit of money um Chichi runs the fan class He has one for the main show. Uh, he's been telling me for a while to stop promoting. He's one and make my own. Um, so we've taken the jump, bitten the bullet, so to speak, and we've done one. We're going to run two tiers, um, Friends of the Show and Season Ticket Holders. Friends of the Show is a pound a month, a donation just to support us. Um, and Season Ticket Holders, which is going to be five pounds a month, in return, we'll offer you some exclusive content for that. Um, you can get a Went Smoking's motto sticker, um, which is cool. I suppose if you like stickers, um, once you've subscribed for three months, they will send you that sticker out straight away. Um, sort of the reason behind it is sort of running a podcast is much more work than I ever imagined. You don't just say this is a time and then we sit down and talk about it. Um, it takes a lot of work. Um, Me and Jane are very bad with technology, so we can't edit stuff very well. We can't make really nice graphics. Um, So having the ability to pay somebody to do that for us um, is something I think we both like. Um, You know, all the money that we raise is going to go straight back into the podcast. It's not to line our pockets. Um, You know, it's all going to be to produce better content for you. So, you know, we're looking at things like a banner at Kings Meadow, people to edit videos, equipment, stuff like that. Um, we're also going to be using top sort of 10% of it to raise money for charity um as you know it's been the social media boycott this weekend over the biggest game in Chelsea's history you know we've been silent on social media um and we want to show that it's not just you know virtually signaling in. you know we're, we're serious about change i think you know events in football recently with the super league what happened today at old Trafford with manchester united you know, shows that the appetite for change is, is absolutely huge and we want to be a part of that. So, we're going to use 10% of anything we raise to, to help good causes. And we will obviously let you know what they are once we've finalized those details. Um, the podcast will continue as usual, um, it's, it's a free to air sort of thing that we'll do every week. Um, and then we will create content for our season ticket holders which will be exclusive for them so anything we do over the summer will be exclusive to anyone that signs up to a season ticket on, on Patreon um, if you would like to help support us the address to go to is www.patreon.com forward slash went Kings Meadow we'd we'll also leave a link for the description in this episode um, You know, anyone that does join you know, a big thank you uh, and we hope to continue to bring you content on the best chelsea team which is chelsea women obviously um enough of that though um youtube channel is went to my kings meadow obviously uh make sure you hit subscribe there we publish some videos when we can edit them and hopefully we can pay someone soon so they'll be up much quicker we're also going to be doing some live streams and stuff very soon so uh, make sure you're subscribed there uh, join our Discord. It's so much fun on match days on Discord chatting with everybody in there. Um we've just had a, a Patreon subscriber. So there we go. He's on the show. <laughs> we've had to pay him to come on. He's paid us to come on, sorry. Um he's yeah. going ask for a refund very soon.
3: Um, it's good call, yeah. brilliant course. Well done.
1: Yeah, thank you very much, Dane. Um there's one at least. Um yeah, Discord, sorry, the link will be in the description again, but you know, It's much nicer than Twitter on a match day to talking Discord is what I find because it's not as um, shouty and ranty. Um, As always, we want as many people to listen to shows about the women's team, so make sure you are listening to London is Blue. You feature the women's teams in special episodes, um, the team at 195. Every other Sunday, which is a new podcast by Daniel Charles and Jay McIntosh, And of course, the only other podcast that we know that talks about Chelsea women exclusively is France Fight Club. Um, If you know of a podcast or even a YouTube channel that talks about Chelsea women that you think should be added to our list, let me know and I'll add them in. Um, Other shout outs go to the CSUW Social, um, Chelsea Pride and of course the Chelsea Women Supporters Group. Um, I think you'll be listening to this after Tuesday, so they should be back posting, as will we. Um yeah, that's it for part two. Join us after this very short break when we've got some Discord questions to answer.
0: Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea FootballFancast.com.
1: Welcome back to part three of Went to Mo Kings Meadow. Time now for some Discord questions. Jane, who's asked us a question and what do they want to know?
2: So, Vinda Blue said, My question is, how does Emma always get another level out of the team? One would think we're at, at the peak, but no, there's always the next level. Insane.
1: For me, it's because what Emma said when they celebrated the unbeaten streak with, you know, about them being good humans because they all give their everything for each other, and that helps them keep continue to rise and, and reach the levels that they need. Um, and Emma is also a goddess.
3: Um, Dane, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I, I totally agree with the goddess bit. You know, she would inspire me to do anything. I think, uh, yeah, but she, you know, she always she doesn't talk about herself. Uh, although. Obviously not selfishly, you know, although she, she spoke today about, you know, this is hard work, this is years away from your family and, and you know, no holidays and things like that. She always puts the team first. She talks about the team. She says she can't do this without the team. And they're all on the same page. And they have to be. Look where they are. You know, fingers crossed that, that we're, we're going to win the league. You know, we've got a chance of winning the Champions League. We've already won one cup. They've got to be all on, all on that same page. And you, you put examples like Beth England, who was who was one of our best players last season and top goal scorer rightly deserved. Uh, and she's she she can't get in this team, but she's she's on the page and she's uh willing to fight. And I even noticed uh I think it was about the eight sixth minute today when when I I think Pearl Neve Charles up and down, up and down and she 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 was blowing out of places. And all four, four, four subs, including like, it's Beth England, four of the subs stood up, was cheering, come on, like clapping her, giving encouragement to her and the team. And it, it, you've got to be on the same page. It's like Drew Spence. She hasn't seen a lot of minutes this season. Again, all on the same page because they know what Emma does. And, you know, it's that whole family environment, good humans, good people. And And, and you're right, Dean, you know, earlier on you said... Jane knows from supporting this team for years earlier when you said there's just something about this team that is so likeable and it's not just, it's it's the players, it's the management, it's the coach, it's the fans, you know, there is a right, uh, a family feel about and it's such a shame that, you know, the loyal girls, you know, like Jane and and a lot of her friends who you've had on the show are not there to see it. But listen, at least you're getting to see it in some context by watching on telly, but it's a shame that you can't be there to see it with your own eyes and, and and all be there and give, give all this whole team you know the how was that absolutely um,
1: Jane is there anything you wouldn't do for Emma Hayes
2: if she asked you to I get can't... rid of a
1: body would you
2: do it pardon say that again
1: if, if Emma asked you to get rid of a body would you do it
2: I would hide it before her
3: <laughs> <laughs> Might need a couple more hands, uh hold bit but
2: I need yeah. some help, but I would help her out.
3: See that's... I can't remember
2: what she said last week with the question about saying like how she gets like another level out of the team. She said last week about she'll like turn the team around and make sure they come out this week better than ever. And she managed to do that somehow.
3: Yeah, that's Exactly. Oh yeah, I remember that Jane. Yeah, because yeah. they were trying to push her on how they thought, you know, the commentators thought Ben had over celebrated the first leg victory. And yeah, she I was, can't
2: remember the exact words, yeah, she but she was really like, "Don't worry." Yeah.
3: She was saying, yeah, don't worry. Yeah, that was. A, she, she didn't say a lot, but she, what she said was was more than enough.
1: Yeah, uh, I think you knew at that point that Chelsea were going to come out in that second leg, you know, mm-hmm. and be that another level. And hopefully, you know, there's a couple more levels left because there's a couple more huge games coming. Um, thank you, Vin, for your question. Who's
2: next, Jane? Um, Alok D said both Justin and Eeb were very good today. Will there be our regular fallback pairing going forward?
3: I'll let you take that one, Jane. Uh, going? No, no. Uh, foreseeable future. You know, I'm a massive fan of. Of Mary Milda, and hopefully, uh, you know, we get through pre season and she'll be back. I can see Jess staying, staying as a fullback for currently, uh, and then she might have to make a decision in the summer about her future going on on her whole experience over the years. Uh, I think Neve, no, I, I still like Neve as a forward player. Uh, She's done a job today for Emma. Emma. Emma obviously saw, you know, the reasons tax leads put her in there. And and she, she's done I think what was asked of her, but I still like her as a forward. Uh, so and you know another another one was talking about Beth Drew not getting in. Hannah Blundell was another very good full-back, and uh, on another day, on another run of games, she would be in there and she would be uh, competing and you know for, for the regular right back or left back, which she can she can play both.
1: Yeah, Jane, I think we all agree in the long term probably not, but. In, in the immediate future, when you know Marin is injured and you know there's not many options there, would you stick with Jess on the right and Neve on the left, or do you think John is going to come back into this team?
2: Um, I think Yona will come back into this team. I think they've done well for now, but they won't be regular in that position. Obviously, as soon as Maren's back and fit, she will be there. But I think when Emma rotates her squad, and if we're playing teams that a bottom of the league or a lot easier game then that is the sort of pairing she would play
1: yeah I think Jess has got the right back position now over the next mm. sort of three games uh, Neva's obviously done a great job but as, as Dane said I like her you know, going forward as well so you know to answer your question yes and no because <laughs> they might be a game or two where they play but yeah I don't think I think Anderson's going to come back into the left back as well Uh, And we let Alec have two questions, didn't we, Jane?
2: Yeah, the other question was, Melanie has been superb all season, but last last month or so her form has dipped, especially when it comes to keeping the ball. Why does Emma still persist persist with her? Should Erin take her place going forward?
1: Tough critic, I think, of Melanie there. I think that's a bit unfair, um, asking why Emma persists with her. In my opinion, Melanie is the best midfielder that we've got in terms of an all round game. She does, you know, a lot of stuff that perhaps does go unnoticed, the sort of control she brings to us in that midfield. And, and often we bypass the midfield as well. You know, we play long balls over the top of the midfield all the time onto, you know, the front three. So I don't think Erin would take her place going forward. I think Erin is fantastic in midfield as well, but she does a completely different job to her. Um, Jane, what's your thoughts on that?
2: Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want Erin to take her place. I like how Erin can come on to, not like start a game, and then she can come on as a sub substitute and show a lot of impact. So I'd rather it stay like that, and Melanie stay in midfield and start.
1: Yeah, Dane, would you think Melanie needs to come out of the team?
3: No, uh I, I agree slightly. I think her levels has dropped, but I also believe we was spoilt early on because she she came into this team and you know, I don't know how much people knew about her. Obviously, you know we're signing by Munich's captain, but she she came in and she was amazing. You know, she was dropping eight, nine out of ten performances. Her levels has dropped, but as I said, I think it's cause we were spoilt so so early on with her performances. Players like that, you sort of ride through uh, form when it drops a little bit unless it gets dramatically drastic then you drop her but she's not a player you drop, you, she's a player you rest she's too important to this team uh, and when we say her levels drop I'm saying they drop to like a 7 <laughs> but we was used to 8s and 9s, uh, a rest yeah but no, no, not a drop Yeah, be careful what you wish for
1: is what I'd say um, in response to that. Um, one more question Jane
2: um, it was from G The Best. Jess's only problem was seemingly getting back into form with actual playtime. The question is, can Cuthbert do the same because she's getting subbed in, hot, in, in slightly more?
1: I think Erin can. I, the problem with Erin is I don't think there's actually a position in that 4-4-2 four, four, for her. Um, yeah, I think G and, and Melanie play the, the two midfield roles very well. I don't think she's as you know, she's not a number ten, so to speak. I love her energy, her dynamism. We're very compatible with her in the midfield. I think she works best in a midfield. But the four four two we've been playing, I don't think there's a space for her as a regular starter. She's obviously very young and got you know so much talent, Dane. You know, I've got no concerns about Erin
3: in the squad at all. No, no, she's a. Uh, I, I, I... I wouldn't be surprised if she was even considered for one of the fullbacks. You know, she can get up and down, you know, the flanks. She's a good tackler. She can put a good ball in. She's she Pacey can cross the ball. She can play in quite a, a few positions. And yeah, she has to be patient because she has been a regular starter for this team. And at the moment, when you're on such an adrenaline rush of games, you know, you can't just chop and change for the sake of it. You know, her chance does, it does come. We've seen it it come in the past and she's, proven she's she, she, she's a player for for the top stage but unfortunately she hasn't got in this this run of fixtures uh, had a chance to and performed and you can see why Emma's sort of picking the same sort of team but like you know I've got no I've got no qualms about uh, about Erin for the future. She, you know she's a, she's a really good player and well liked by, by everyone by the looks of it Yeah Jane
1: the the final word on Erin falls to you
2: Um I wouldn't I'd prefer I w- Obviously, I would like everyone to start a game, but I prefer Erin to start on the bench and then she's got that ability to come on and show what she can do by just coming on as a sub.
1: Yeah, she's in, in the big games. you know, when we're playing you know, Manchester City and, you know, you need energy in midfield, you need to press quickly to stop them having time on the ball. No one better than Erin in this team to do that. But, you know, if you're picking our strongest 11 at the moment, I don't think... Emma's picking her in that Strongest eleven, and that's just because of the strength and the quality that we've got and it's, you know, no disrespect to her. You know, an amazing player that, that we love very much and, you know, I think she's only 22, 23 years, long career, still ahead of her and hopefully that's all at Chelsea. Um, thanks to everyone for their questions. If you want to ask a question, you need to get on Discord. Um, the link is going to be in the description of this. Um, and... Of course, you can always email the show at Uh where we've been off social media this weekend. I think that's sort of stopped us getting any emails in. But, um, you know, don't forget the, the email address is always there. We always read them out on the show, um, no matter you know, what they say or how long or short they are. Um Sadly, that is all we've got time for this week. Um, We'll be back next week to hopefully celebrate another WSL title win. Uh, We're going to be joined by Kerry Evans from the Chelsea Women's Sports Group and Tracy Brown from Chelsea Pride for that one. Uh, Jane, as always a pleasure to talk all things Chelsea with you.
2: Yeah, thank you. I'm looking forward to next week's. Hopefully we'll have a trophy in our hands. Yeah. Fingers crossed.
1: Not physically, but obviously metaphorically. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah.
2: You know what I mean.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Dane, uh, great to see you, mate. It's been far too long. Uh, Thanks for joining us.
3: Oh yeah, no. It's, a, it's lovely spending time with you too. You know, I said I said before you do such a cracking job and long may continue. And it's an absolute pleasure to talk about our, our ladies team. Absolutely.
1: Uh, remember, you can follow us all on Twitter at Moking's Meadow, me at D miz Jane at Jane Chapel X, and Dane at D Nine. Also, find us on Instagram at Moking's Meadow. Um, thanks for listening. Until next time, Chelsea fans from King's Meadow to Wembley, keep that blue flag flying. Huh?
0: Finde, was du brauchst, auf StockX.com.